Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by Sean Siegel, co-host here of Rotoviz Overtime, co-host of the Stealing Bananas podcast as well with Ben Gretsch. Sean, uh, we're going to be joined again today by Travis May as we dive into the wide receiver position, uh, looking at it from a college perspective. Who, which of these classes maybe we want to be targeting moving forward? What like we have had so many phenomenal wide receivers come in over the last. Uh, three or four years into the nfl as rookies is that going to continue or is that going to dry up a little bit over the coming seasons we're going to ask travis those questions uh, in just a couple of moments but um i think uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting one as we look into these wide receivers but sean the stealing bananas podcast it's off to a phenomenal start we had ben on a couple of weeks ago and we talked about the names we were going with the stealing signals name we mentioned that you wanted stealing bananas but I have to say now, I'm, uh, and I know Ben said this as well, I, I'm delighted that we went with the Stealing Bananas name. I think uh, it, it's really it's really something a bit different, and I think there's a lot of fun to it, but it's really catching on, and uh, people are really enjoying the show. Well, thank you. And it, it is arguably an advantage to have a name that is so weird and inappropriate that people <laughs> do remember it, right? There's, there's a little bit of a hook there. There are a lot of fantasy football shows out there. Most of them have a pretty clear football element you might not get that with stealing bananas but if you're like what's what's the podcast that i want to listen to that doesn't seem like it's to do with fantasy football then you probably can remember stealing bananas. yeah it, it's been a lot of fun ben as everybody knows does a fantastic job we've been very lucky to have three amazing guests in the early going really uh, kind of shine that extra light on the topics that we have been discussing but yeah the, the main thing is just it's been a lot of fun and Really appreciate everybody who has signed up for the feed, who's left us a rating and review. Probably not a bad time to mention that we do have a little bit of a contest going. Our OT listeners know that we do this from time to time. At this point, our contest is for the Stealing Bananas pod as opposed to OT. If you're one of the first 50 people to leave us a rating and review there and also promote the show in some manner through social media, then you'll be in the group who can be selected to potentially win. Now, what you have to do to win is you have to promote propose a topic for the show. And listeners, the first three weeks know that we do a themed uh, one-week show where the first show really looks at the macro elements of that theme. The second show applies it to individual players. Obviously, we all want to know uh, who we should go in there and actually draft. And then the sh- third show, uh, usually not always, will have a guest sort of give his or her insights into that topic. So propose a topic to us. Uh, It won't necessarily be one that we do immediately because we have a lot of ideas sort of in the shoot, but we will eventually do your topic and you'll win a six month subscription to Rotoviz. So join the group there. Uh, Come on for a casual listen if you haven't, but we we appreciate the Rotoviz radio community really supporting that show in the early going. Yeah. And of course, if you're a listener here of the uh, OT podcast and you haven't dropped it for either the show or uh, stealing bananas do so sean mentioned when it hits 50 and um, a lot of people dropping those reviews it's up to 40 at the time of recording this so even if you go and there is already 50 and you think oh no i'm not gonna 
I want to contact here. Drop the written interview. It will help the guys out a lot. They really do appreciate it. And who knows, they uh, they may expand that at, at some point into the, the top 100 uh, reviews. So let's see what happens there. But uh, thank you to everyone who's dropped the review on either feed so far. We do appreciate that support. But let's get into it. Travis obviously joined us to talk running backs on the, the previous show. We're going to talk wide receivers today and delighted to be joined now on the show again by Travis. We're going to touch a little bit on wide receiver now and um of course we we do love our wide receivers here um on the podcast and over the last couple of years we have been really i think we could use the word spoiled in terms of the wide receiver talent that has come into the nfl and immediately hit the the ground running so if we jump ahead to 2023 and i guess if you want to factor this in for 2022 do you think we're going to continue that trend at the wide receiver position you know if we're looking at 2023 uh, some of the players might be coming in at that time are marvin mims quentin johnson and jordan addison um are we going to see more success from these guys once they they hit the nfl yeah so the 2022 is going to be interesting uh because that's going to be probably the worst set of production profiles at the wide receiver position we've seen in the entire modern era of, of football um like if, if you look at their that sounds like a no for 2022 <laughs> yeah. like it's yeah it's gonna be like and i want to say that they could improve it but at the same time it's like it's kind of too late because as we talk about here at rotovis all the time breakout age uh tends to actually matter um and so even if these guys do improve their peak production which i like as well uh, in my adjusted production index um it's probably still going to be worse than it was last year and the year before and the year before that, because if you look at all power five wide receivers, we have zero returning college football wide receivers that in my adjusted production index, if they entered the league now that we have zero, that we'd even be 80th percentile wide receiver prospects, um, which that's never the case. Last year, we already had like five or six guys heading into their senior year that were well above that. Like Elijah Moore already a 90th percentile guy. Jaterius Atwell, above 90th percentile. Rashad Bateman, above 90th percentile. Tylen Wallace, already above the 80th percentile. Like, we had a long list. Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, even because of his touchdowns. Like, we had a really long list of guys who were obvious kind of slam dunks for day one or day two capital. And um, this year, we just don't have that. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, kind of up in the air. So, with that 2022 class, one of the things that we're looking at – is that we have some Ohio State guys who've been kind of mired in committees, that type of thing. We have some players like a Pickens who has had some injuries and you know is going to be injured going forward, it looks like. Take us to the 2023 class that does have some interesting guys and interesting guys from kind of different areas in the group. So when I was looking at those running backs, and, I, and I'm hoping to come out of that group with everybody except for Henderson. I mean, he, he was too expensive. Looking to get the other four. At wide receiver, maybe – not as interested in guys until they've done a little something uh, at the college level to show that they can actually play a little bit more than just this freakish athleticism element and you know the the ball catching from the running backs but the receivers we really want to see them play and i'm interested in this because i'm a little bit concerned about some of these guys based on what their recruiting profiles were and if that's going to actually be an anchor for a long time contrast marvin mims we have the oklahoma guy there with Quentin Johnston, TCU, as sort of a similar situation almost to Evans, where he's playing uh, in this program that maybe doesn't give quite as much spotlight to the guys. And then Jordan Addison, who is there at Pitt, 
and was sort of an underneath type of threat, doesn't have maybe the size we're looking for, wasn't you know even a four-star prospect, I don't believe. And again, maybe a team that's not going to give the same kind of spotlight. How are we looking at these three guys who did get off to a pretty good start, even though in different ways, producing in this pandemic season as freshmen? Yeah, so we actually saw, um, I was kind of worried we go and see like none of these guys break out. Like I was like, oh crap, the 2023 class, we aren't, we aren't even going to know what to do with them because this pandemic season is going to ruin them all. But we ended up seeing like six guys with decent production in year one, maybe seven if we count the monstrous to Lavelle Davis, who uh, is actually injured now already uh, for Virginia. But like looking at uh, Marvin Mims, like he had what, like accounted for almost a quarter of Oklahoma's offense as a true freshman. And uh, he had, um, you know, a decent recruiting profile. And really all the guys that produced this year had a decent recruiting profile to an extent. Um, Keishon Boutte and Rakeem Jarrett, those were guys like the five-star uh, kind of obvious. They were going to hit the ground running. Uh, and opportunity was was there uh, to be had early on. Uh, but the other guys that did something, you mentioned Quentin Johnston for TCU. He was a top 70 or 80 uh, recruit. Um, and he was uh, maybe the – most efficient wide receiver like he averaged like what 25 26 yards per reception or something insane uh, this past year yeah it was it was ridiculous and uh so doing that and accounting for about a quarter of that offense um that was a lot of fun to see because he had the size uh he was he's a little bit lanky but uh he'll kind of grow into his frame uh, i really am high on quentin johnston i might be higher than was bay and, and Laco on on johnston still but Addison, he was one of those guys uh, out of the ones that actually kind of did break out as true freshman. You mentioned him. He didn't have necessarily all the measurables or the perfect uh, recruiting profile coming in. He was actually, though, I think, uh, according to the 27, uh, 24-7 sports composite, he was still still barely inside the top 300, which actually still was barely a uh, four-star grade. He was a, kind of a lower four-star grade. But with him, the weird thing was he was an athlete designation, which I don't know why they do that, but – Athlete designation in the recruiting process means you basically play both sides of the ball and you could basically play anywhere. <laughs> like if you have an athlete designation, most of the time those guys actually uh, convert to uh, defensive back uh, more often than anything. Uh, and a lot of people thought he was actually going to be a safety for a pit. But uh, the coaches were like, uh, we don't have any wide receivers. Uh, can you play a wide receiver? And uh, he did. And he did it incredibly well. Um, and he was basically immediately the best athlete on the team. And he's going to stay that way probably for two more years because it's Pitt. So um, he's in a great spot to continue producing, even though he had maybe the lowest pedigree of any of the six or seven guys that broke out this year. I'm still confident because of that early breakout, because of just the perception and, and opportunity for him. Um, his price is going to stay high because of the opportunity and because he's going to keep producing because uh, there's not going to be a bunch of five-star wide receivers coming in to replace him anytime soon. Uh, whereas like Marvin Mims, just this year, Oklahoma added four guys that came in at wide receiver that were top 120 players uh, as true freshmen. And one's already converted to defensive back because he's like, there's too many wide receivers. I can't do this thing. <laughs> so uh, he has tons of competition uh, around him. So he may have just seen about the peak that he's going to in terms of chunk of the Oklahoma offense, whereas Jordan Addison may continue to grow as the focal point of that offense. Does that answer your question? Maybe <laughs> uh, it, it's it, it's it's really it's way different for wide receiver. I want you to come out and and tell us that Addison is going to be 
Tyler Boyd as opposed to <laughs> Tylen Wallace in terms of how yes. the NFL values him and that he's going to be drafted early enough that those of us who bet on him because of this production don't yeah. get burned like with the Tyler Johnson. No, I think I think there's a definite uh, likely um, there's a definite likelihood that that's going to be the case. Uh, Tyler Johnson was uh, an interesting one because that was just PJ Flex scheme. I think just amps up wide receivers uh, quite a bit in terms of the simplicity of the route tree that they're asked to run and uh, kind of how they scheme open their wide receivers. And uh, for some reason, the NFL doesn't care for that entire division of the Big Ten uh, that they're in in terms of drafting skill position players. I don't know what that is, but that's just a trend. But Jordan Addison. I think he he has the athleticism more than we give him credit for. Um, I think he, because he was that underneath weapon, we didn't always get to see that because uh, Pitt, uh, as much as we like uh, Pickett there at quarterback in his like fifth year for the program, like he's he's not going to accurately get it downfield all day and, and utilize Jordan Addison as a deep threat. But I think he very well could be on the Tyler Boyd track, uh, getting that day two capital. I don't think he's going to be a first rounder, like I believe. You know, the, the upside is there for uh, Kayshawn Boutte uh, or even maybe a Rakeem Jarrett. But I think he is it's definitely in the cards that he could be a day two pick. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Travis, take us through the, these freshman wide receivers and yeah. it, perhaps not surprisingly <laughs> to people who have watched the last handful of college football playoffs, Basically, all of these guys are going to Alabama or Ohio State. We mentioned that Ohio <laughs> State has some of the older guys still kind yeah. of waiting to break out and really show what they can do. They've got uh, beyond the, the guys who are going to be very clear-cut draft prospects in this coming draft. They've got multiple sophomores who didn't do a lot last season who were extremely high recruits. They've got multiple more recruits coming in this year. And then Alabama – uh, same sort of situation where fantasy owners are actually picking guys who, you know, second, third, fourth Alabama recruit in this class. You talked about opportunity to a certain extent. I think that matters less at wide receiver because we're going to see talent gap other players by a wider margin. At the same time, I mean, there are only so many footballs. If you have four or five, you know, NFL players on one team, it's going to create a little bit of confusion for people trying to find the guy who's going to be an NFL star as opposed to maybe having a Henry Ruggs, although, you know, he could still clearly break out this season. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough because like the, the if you look at most recruiting services and rankings and the best way to look at it is, is through the composite rating that 24-7 sports puts together. And if you look at the top 21 wide receivers, ranked this year by uh, the consensus uh there's only six schools that are, are represented <laughs> in that entire top 21 wide receivers because four of them are from alabama you got four, like four from ohio state uh, you got three from lsu three from uh, uh, oregon uh it's it's crazy just all over the place so just the same schools dominating recruiting every single year 
But what, what's interesting to me, um, it's going to be a fun dynamic to watch because like you said, there's only enough, there's only, uh, there, there are finite numbers of targets to go around these offenses. And these guys, if they're a top 100, top 120 recruit, they've been the focal point of their local community for four years. They've been hyped up. They think they are amazing. They're, they think they all think that they're God's gift to the wide receiver position. And, um, and so I think that, uh, with the one-time transfer rule coming into play and name image likeness now coming into play. And uh, these guys might be a little bit more impatient in, in coming seasons. And we might see these top guys transfer out because when they realize that there's four guys in their own class, that's coming in and next year, there's going to be four more. And there was already two targets ahead of them in the first place. You're going to see the third and fourth guys transfer out for a lot of these programs because they can actually make money right now off of their own brand. And so it's going to be weird trying to track uh, production profiles in the coming seasons for a billion reasons. Um, but um, with name and image likeness, the one-time transfer rule, with all these guys going to these top schools through these funnels, um, I'm playing it by ear because it's going to be a major, major learning process. And, and we might see some guys with a few later breakouts actually kind of sticking because they were the fourth wide receiver going to Alabama as a freshman, and then they transferred, and then they went to a school that's of lesser uh, standing, I guess, but maybe they take two years to break out there too. There's going to be a whole lot of weird anecdotal arguments and evidence that we have to kind of sort through with a bunch of these guys that came in with incredible uh, recruiting pedigree because they're not all going to stay in Alabama like we just saw the, the four that we just saw come out of the league. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so especially with Ohio State, which they already have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And now they bring in literally four more guys into that mix. Uh, and we already saw one of the guys that was already there at Ohio State, Jamison Williams, transfer out. And now he's going to Alabama, which I don't get at all. So it's like you just left one powerhouse program to go to another. Um, but he's going to be in the mix with John Mechie and the four guys, the quartet that just came in as true freshmen competing for snaps uh, this year. It, it's going to be a mess to sort through. I, I wish I had a like one size fits all argument for these programs, but it, it's just we're, we're, we are in uncharted territory um, in that regard. We've never seen the richest of programs get this many recruits at the top t- top tier range. We've never seen the one-time transfer rule and we've never seen the name image likeness be in play. And we've also never seen as many because of COVID all these upperclassmen still around at programs because they're in their fifth or sixth year. Um, and we're seeing programs not even fill up their full classes with true freshmen. Cause they're like, I can just go to the transfer portal and fill it up with veterans. And so the wide receiver position is going to be affected in, by that more than maybe any other. Um, and that's probably a mouthful, but uh, yeah. The listeners always want want the names. I want the names. I'm at, I'm at the tail end of my auction here. I can probably get one more guy. All of these peripheral wide receivers are in a range where I could bid over and get them. Can you give us two names of receivers who are either freshmen or people that you know nobody's heard of that we should be prioritizing, and then maybe two names from the entire position, anybody that you want that are really popping in your adjusted production index and you think people should do what it takes to get. Now, a lot of these guys will be owned, but maybe you're gonna make a trade to get them either from multiple young guys or maybe even off of your NFL roster where you're trading a veteran player in order to get the next big impact wide receiver. Sure, so 
Um, guys that aren't obvious, uh, guys that weren't in the five-star range uh, in, tr in terms of these true freshmen. Uh, Xavier Worthy, um, he was committed to Michigan. Now he is uh, going to Texas. And Texas has a very unproven uh, group of, of wide receivers uh, outside of uh, a couple of returning names, but they just saw one of their veterans, Jake Smith, transfer out and go to USC. Uh, so Xavier Worthy comes in and might already be the fastest wide receiver on the team. Uh, boasting really good, legit measured track speed. Uh, so he could be a guy that breaks out kind of early for a top uh, program. And Steve Sar Sarkeesian coming in, wanting to make his staple on the offense and get one of his guys that he just brought in uh, some targets. So Xavier Worthy, uh, it was actually a top 70 recruit, I believe. Uh, but I've been getting him, uh, even though he's a top 70 overall in the country among all positions, uh, I've been getting him in like the 30th and 40th range uh, overall in terms of freshmen um, uh, in, in drafts this year. So that's a name to keep an eye on. The L the LSU uh, freshman wide receiver I'm betting on because there's three of them. Uh, I'm betting on Deion Smith. He's the highest rated freshman among them. He's the fastest one, and I believe he has the best production profile coming out of high school, which whatever that means to you. But um, I believe that they're both in line to potentially break out in year one. But they're going, like I said, uh, like 30th or 40th or so off the board in terms of the true freshman rankings and real drafts I've been doing because people are reaching for other running backs down the line that are rated way below them or wide receivers way down the line that are at lesser schools that maybe have less um, target competition. It's it's just really weird. People are, are overreaching uh, and ignoring two guys who have a good mix of pedigree and I believe opportunity pretty early on. Um but as for the adjusted production index guys that I've been kind of tracking in the past few years that aren't obvious names, uh, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State actually had, a I believe, 43% adjusted dominator rating last year and had almost three yards per team pass attempt. So his um, adjusted production index rating already kind of says, hey, he's probably going to get day two capital. He's a little scrawny, but uh, he had a huge game last year, I believe, with three three touchdowns against Ohio State uh, just a year ago. And he decided to come back to school. Already has like a 73rd percentile adjusted production index, a guy uh, I definitely am believing in moving forward. And then Zay Flowers, um, Boston College, a guy that I believe could take an even – Further step up the production uh, profile rung this year. Uh, accounted for about 34% of Boston College's uh, air attack. Um, splitting targets with uh, a tight end and Hunter Long, who actually, I believe, got day two capital this year. And now he keeps his quarterback and comes back with almost no competition uh, in terms of targets. Uh, so he could see, you know, 40% of the receiving off offense for Boston College with a quarterback that could get drafted next year and Phil Jerkovic. So yeah, Jahan Dotson, Zay Flowers, not not the obvious names that uh, everyone's kind of touting because there's six or seven that everyone's been ranking super highly, but I'm higher on, on Jahan Dotson, Penn State, and Zay Flowers, Boston College. Can either of those guys go in the first round of the NFL draft? Neither of them can go in the first round of the NFL draft, but both of them can rise up to the almost territory that we saw uh, Elijah Moore get to uh, or the Rondale Moore kind of you know they're not that they're not that small. Zay Flowers is a little bit smaller. John Dotson's a little bit. They're they're not like your six three two twenty guys. You know they're not they're not massive feature wide receivers or, or something like that. But they 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 can definitely get uh, top fifty or sixty capital.
That's awesome, uh, Travis. Lots of great content there for the the listeners to digest, and uh, really always, as always, appreciate anytime we can get to talk to you on the show. Uh, we did talk a little bit at the start about some of the stuff you've got going on, but I'll I'll give you the floor to to let the listeners know what they should be excited about coming from Travis May over the the coming weeks and months. Sure, absolutely. So I, I do um, a lot of uh, you know you mentioned it in passing, but I do a college football DFS column uh, for Rotoviz. So if you want to mess with that this year i'm really excited about that i've been kind of tinkering and improving the uh projections model that i build out every single week every year uh, trying to make that better um, and adjust for all the new information and add a variable here and try to figure out what what is the optimal way to build that out and it, that's been a, a really fun project that i've been trying to hone and, and perfect for i guess three years now I just, I mean, this is well yeah college football dfs has only been back i think for this is its third year. So really, really fun project that I love to do every single week. Um, and that really helps me find the guys who are breaking out earlier, uh, really helps me find and react to the new information and find the Jordan Addison's like in week one or week two of last year and uh, pick them up where I can. Um, because he was already breaking out in his first and second games last fall. Uh, but I'll also be doing some uh, Debbie weekly and NFL prospects weekly type stuff, taking a look at guys who were, breaking out um, as they're doing it and, and riding up the, all the top players at all the positions that we care about, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and even a defensive player. I'll highlight that for the super nerds like me that like the other side of the ball too. Uh, so I'll be doing a lot of that, but the college, the Canton stuff uh, with Stefan is going to be fun. We'll sometimes we'll be on together. Sometimes we'll just be running our own show, but uh, the, the good news is here in, in the next few weeks, we'll be cranking out uh, more than one episode a week, typically for you on the college, the Canton feed there. Yeah, excited about that. Can't can't wait to get uh, that that extra content coming our way. Yeah, man. But yeah, thanks thanks again for having me. Uh, love talking college football and all these uh, guys as, as they break out and trying to make it to the the next level. Yeah, it's it's been fun, and just I I really want to throw it out there to the listeners. If you're trying to get better at Debbie, if you're interested in playing a format that will improve how good you are on the other elements this week on stealing bananas. Our theme was thinking across formats, how you can play in uh, dynasty or redraft, make your best ball better, best ball, make your redraft better, all the different things you play in Debbie. It's going to make everything better. And uh, Travis has a ton of fantastic content coming for you on how to build Debbie teams. Who are the best values opportunities in the rankings, as he mentioned, the DFS. So if you're interested in that element, Subscribe to Rotoviz. He'll have you covered. Again, Travis, one of the best minds in the industry. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Once again, thank you to Travis for coming on to these two shows this week. Really appreciate his time. And as I mentioned, make sure you're following him on Twitter. It's at FF underscore Travis M. He is, as Sean mentioned, one of the, I think that one of the premier minds when it comes to this stuff and the entire fantasy football our college community and he, he really is on top of his game so make sure you give him that follow there but sean two shows covering uh running backs and wide receivers and i know that you wanted to uh try and get some of those for for the ongoing draft so are, are you happy with what you were able to uh, get on that scouting mission i am i am and it got even some more secrets from travis off the air so it uh it's going to be perfect i'm going to be able to, to take curtis out here he, he's the underdog now as we go forward because we've had travis on the show yeah, it's uh, it's uh, but it's great. Um, we've had Travis on the show probably 
he may actually be the highest recurring guest on the ot podcast here um so uh i might have to go back and check that but he's been on a, a number of times now uh, then he obviously joined as well myself and john daigle for the uh, kind of pre-draft uh, podcast so it's always great talking with him so make sure you give him that follow on twitter as always as a loyal podcast listener you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to a road of his nfl pass Simply do that by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information, or you can add in the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. And as I have been plugging the last couple of weeks, we have been getting in some great listener questions. We will be answering a few of those on Saturday's podcast. If you want to send them my way on Twitter at OverTimeIreland or email them across at rotavizradio at gmail.com, we'll try and use some of those on some upcoming shows here as always sean siegel is my co-host on the podcast check out sean's great work up at rotoviz.com and until we're back with another episode have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and rotoviz radio please rate and review the rotoviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotoviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotoviz with this country the rotoviz radio homepage rotoviz.com forward slash podcast Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.